0: I'm
1: Brenna. And I'm Raquel. And I'm Michaela. And this is Religion Made Me Do It. And this is the show where we talk about all things religion and how it affects our lives or how we choose to not partake in it, however it goes. Not partaking is a good time. Not partaking is a good time. I gotta time. say, you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in this particular episode, we're talking about pride. Woo! Woo! Yeah. Woo! Rainbows. <laughs> Brenna's doing a little bird. Nicole for those of you can't know? see.
2: Oh, that was so majestic. Yeah. It's a good wow. show. I feel changed. Yeah. <laughs> that was my religious experience. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see you out later.
1: How do you, and how do you feel about that? How has that
2: changed your life? It really... I saw the light. Yeah. By watching nice Brennan son, do son. The, the Napoleon Dynamite birds.
0: It's a good time. Right um, um, So, as you can tell, we have a third person today. Yay! Yes! This is our friend, Michaela...
2: Say hi. I'm waving the microphone, and then I realized that this was a microphone. Hello. Hi. <laughs> okay. And
0: so since, since we're talking about pride, I mean, it's past June, but pride goes on in our hearts, in our
1: lives. Pride is a year-long celebration. Yeah. It's it is. wrath right.
2: month, so, you know. It is know. what? wrath month pride then wrath they're like the seven deadly sins so congrats we're in wrath month oh. <laughs> well thank
0: you
1: so much Michaela,
2: for yes. coming on our show of
0: yeah very great like we said we're here to talk about being queer
2: Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. here and queer here and queer this is my first ever podcast so i'm just yes. like kind of here to ride the rails with y'all <laughs>
1: All right. Um, Do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Like, what do you do? What are you about?
2: Um, oh, I always feel weird talking about myself. (laughs) So I am Michaela. I use she, her pronouns, maybe. Who's to say? I don't know. Gender is weird. And I, um... I'm 23. I've been out for five years as pansexual. Um, and my five-year anniversary was like two weeks ago. Oh, it was so, so nice. gentle and soft. I was so excited. Was that um, the ukulele video? That yes. You posted? That was so My good. little ukulele video. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I love a good ukulele moment. Yes. Oh, so good. It's always <laughs> time for a ukulele. But, yeah, I posted that, like, on my one-year anniversary of coming out, um, For context, for uh, podcast people, um, on my coming out anniversary I like repost this cover that I did in my high school bedroom of Boys Boys or Girls Girls Boys by Panic at the Disco on a ukulele and it's very soft and gentle and I have trouble watching it because I was so fucking anxious that like I just like feel the anxiety radiating out of my phone and I'm like oh sweet baby you are so like, small and scared. That's like me when I have to like
0: <laughs> listen to somebody else's me- message of like me speaking into the phone. Yeah. And you're
2: just like, uh, hi. It's traumatizing. Um, here it is. <laughs> it's traumatizing.
1: Hi, this is Raquel, and I was just calling to talk about this. <laughs> hi, it's pretty <laughs> I want to ask you.
0: About- <laughs>
2: god mood <laughs> yeah. yeah so so continue yes what do you do what do i do Stuff oh. and things stuff and things i'm an audio engineer um i do freelance stuff um i do i work for a radio station which has kept me entertained during quarantine um so that's pretty fun i enjoy that a lot broadcast is very different than like anything else that i've done um In pre-corona times, I worked at a studio and I did some corporate live events. Um, So now I'm just in the essential businesses. (laughs) But yeah, it's been a weird time to be not in school anymore. I just graduated in August of 2019 for context. Um, But yeah, it's weird to be like doing things like an adult and have a job. Yeah, Bill's (laughs) son. Bills suck. Zero. Are there out of any 10. of
0: you who are under the age of eighteen, bills suck.
2: <laughs> bills are zero out of I ten. They fucking yeah. suck. So yeah, I do. Um, I do that. If you want to follow my um, audio stuff, it's on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Crybaby Audio TN.
1: Yes, Yay. Crybaby Audio. <laughs> Yay.
2: You can also do
0: like self promotion if you want to. Yes, I get very absolutely. tense and
2: weird about promoting myself, like point blank. Yeah, this is like part so, of the reason why we have this. Exactly. Oh, fine. I just yeah. need to okay. like stroke my own dick. That's <laughs> valid. I love being egotistical. It's a good time. It's fun in in doses, you know. I just bend it and the- uh. Oh my god. <laughs> this happens every episode. Every episode. Every
1: episode, Brenna talked about bending and fucking in some <laughs> in some sort of
0: capacity okay. okay so you know where it comes from there's this excellent and i do mean excellent <laughs> bob ross parody oh, oh god, god. <laughs> this guy it's called uh, a and ross Oh god. and it is so good i highly recommend it <laughs> highly recommend it's so good it'll change your life it's like watching cody Cohen and noel Like tiny meat gang shit. It's so good. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah. All right, Michaela. is there anything else you would like to share about yourself? Anything else to promote?
2: Um, Oh, I volunteer with this cool org um, called A Voice for the Innocent. They do um, like resource, like they have resources and they have like a blog platform for people to share their stories about sexual assault. So I'm a volunteer and I point people in the direction of resources and i respond to their stories that's yeah. a cool thing that i do so cool. yeah we love a voice for the innocent it's a good time you can go online and google avfti or a voice for the innocent and you will get to the page it's a good time 10 out of 10 what are right. you Yeah. that's awesome yeah okay well let's crack into <laughs> the questions oh, let's get cracking um,
0: okay so i guess one of my first ones and we can just like go back yeah. and forth so what's your experience with being queer it's fucking lit
2: yes. <laughs> has it always been lit no it has not <laughs> always right. been lit I guess I'll, I'll do the whole coming out story um Ooh, yes so yeah once upon a time ago in. and how like how long it was well I mean I feel like this is similar, and you probably can empathize being on the bi-spectrum, of, um, have I outed you? Is that, like, a thing? No. Okay, no, cool. No, cool. I was I've, like, I've is this, like, common for, knowledge? I've like, been out for a hot second. Okay, I mean, cool. I kind of... I always like to double-check, because I don't know, like, who is out where, Of you course, know?
1: yes. So. Um, I kind of, like, lean more towards queer, I guess, these days, mm-hmm. just because, like... Honestly, same. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, I like the fluidity that it feels, yeah...
0: You're going to have to explain to me what the difference is so, because yeah, I'm a
1: noob. <laughs> um, I guess queer is usually a term, and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm still new to some of this stuff, but queer is usually a term like for people who don't necessarily want to like box themselves into a label. Nobody puts baby
0: sense. in
2: a
1: corner. Nobody, Nobody puts baby in, the in the a corner. corner.
2: Yeah, and it's that's why just kind of like a like fluid embrace. of like the fact that sexuality and gender are they are changeable and they're malleable Mm -hmm. but yeah so it's a reclaimed slur um so people like to use it to just kind of designate themselves as part of the lgbt plus community Mm -hmm. even if they like have a particular identity and then some people use it separately as its own identity um so, yeah, I too have been kind of leaning towards that more cuz I'm like I usually just use like the bi spectrum for myself mm-hmm. because like I got real tired of explaining to people what pansexuality is yeah. for them to come back at me and be like is it an attraction to kitchen utensils? And I'm like, no, oh my god. It's not. I'm tired. <laughs> but like um for context for our listeners at home, um pansexuality and bisexuality are very similar um bisexuality is an attraction to um your gender like two or more genders so theoretically like your gender and at least one other gender um and pansexuality is an attraction to all genders so It really comes down to the individual person of like what term they want to use, what they feel is more, um, accurate of a label. Um, and I stick with pan because it's like the community primarily is what will designate people's preference of like Mm -hmm. where they feel at home, you know? So like I felt community, an attachment to pansexual more than bisexual Mm -hmm. and that's in the end what the biggest difference between the two of them are Mm -hmm. um and I always like suggest to people if you want to know more about somebody's individual perspective then like ask them you know yeah so shout out to Bruna for asking us good questions yes thank you (laughs) Bruna. yeah so since um I
0: guess like you need to continue telling us oh, your
2: story. Yeah, your yeah. Story. Do you want to talk yeah.
0: about
1: coming out.
2: Yeah, I'll give the the cliff notes version. Um, so I came out in 2015, um, and like back to circling back to what I was saying about bi-spectrum queer mm-hmm. stuff. Um, looking back on it, I was absolutely like some flavor of queer like the entirety of my life. Like this mm-hmm. isn't something that if I had been exposed to the community in a positive way, I would have had problems with at all, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. And how old were you like when you realized that,
2: um, <laughs> you were some flavor of queer? <laughs> when you I, this is a, <laughs> this is a funny story. Um, my, one of my friends, like she knows the story and she thinks it's funny. Um, it's our fun party trick that we like to tell people back home in Pittsburgh because they're like, Oh, oh, oh that's so funny. Cause they like know us, but, <laughs> um, so it might not land well here, but. Um, Go for it. Yeah. So it was ninth grade, and we had like, she crashed in my house after a party, and I woke up, and she's like the heaviest sleeper alive. Like, I have never met somebody who just like becomes a rock. And she, um, She and I crashed in my bed and I woke up with her like literally laying on top of me, like suffocating me. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, there's a girl and she's on me and I don't know what to do with these feelings and I don't know what that means. So I just like slid out from under her and laid on my floor to continue to sleep. Oh my God. And she woke up and was like, are you... Are you good? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Everything's fine. She was like, okay, ha uh-huh. And like, that was like the day that I was like, oh no, I should deal with this. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so like
0: when you came to that realization, did you tell anybody?
2: No, I stayed very deeply closeted um, because I did the like pray the gay away thing for a hot second. Mm-hmm. Um, which is going to be really fun to talk about with you guys in your religion podcast. Can definitely relate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Welcome. Yeah. So I did that thing for, um, it was probably about two years after the fact. Um, and I was like basically trying to like figure out how I felt about that because I had been like an outspoken ally since middle school, like a couple of my friends and I like. Well, we were super into Adam Lambert, which was a good choice because Adam Lambert, Fox. Yes. So we were super into Adam Lambert and we were like, yeah, like we don't really understand why people don't like gay people. So we just kind of like crusaded around being like 13 year old allies. So probably problematic, but everybody's a little problematic. And, you know, we were like bebopping around. So I like didn't have a problem like understanding and accepting queer people. But, like, you internalize a lot of shit. And, like, Mm -hmm. when I was, like, oh, fuck, am I a fellow gay? Boy, howdy, did that do something. And I was, like, oh, got to put that way, way back in its box. That's now (laughs) overflowing. So, yeah, I spent about two years doing the Pray the Gay Away thing. Um, And then in 11th grade, I, like, started to... Like, find out about, like, labels that were not just, like, LGBT. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, I don't feel like I identify with really any of these. And then when I found out there were more labels, and my friends started to come out with, like, identities that are newer as of, you know, the past 10, 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, It, like, gave words to what I was experiencing. And I was like, I see. Okay. So like approximately 11th grade, I started to get like less stressed out about being queer. Um, 12th grade, I started like playing around internally with those like identities and stuff. Um, And then I came out that June, um, June 27th, the day after the um, Supreme Court ruling on marriage equality. So I was like, I like, it was really, it was a wild time because it just kind of like was this big catalyst for me to be like, I'm going to come out. So I came out to my friends like rather publicly and was super obnoxious baby gay (laughs) and was just like (laughs) running around like, I'm pansexual. And people were like, okay, okay, cool. (laughs) We knew. That's that's cool, man.
1: (laughs) Like we knew.
2: (laughs) So yeah. So I did the baby gay thing my first year at college, I was at community college before I went to Belmont. Um, and so that was my like year out of like coming out to like friends and like coming out to my closer family members. Um, which was really just like my godmother who is a fucking legend and my mom who is not a fucking legend. (laughs) So you know I like wasn't gonna make like a big huge coming out post for a while so on my one year anniversary of being out I decided to put out my big coming out post for like basically any sort of like auxiliary friends and family who wouldn't have known um so and this included like your your family yeah like my immediate family like so I'm an only child I have a stepsister and a stepbrother um And then, like, my mom and my stepdad. So, that's my, like, immediate nuclear family. But, like, my step-siblings are in their 30s. So, like, we didn't live together or anything. Um, So, yeah, like, my immediate family didn't really know, um, besides my mom. And I had told her because she, (laughs) we got in a fight about her not, like, feeling like she could trust me. And I was like, okay, then I'll, like, trust you with this deep secret thing and Mm -hmm. she it she didn't handle it well and I was like okay cool so I came Mm -hmm. out like probably six months after that experience um and I came out publicly posted the cover of girls girls boys with a big long caption which is actually really soft and well thought out considering that I literally posted this while I was like chilling in a hotel room in philadelphia having a panic attack so like yeah like good job baby Michaela. you did a cool thing good job um and like the reception was mostly positive um Mm. from people outside of my immediate family um i feel like that's how it always is yeah yeah like even my my family's church pastor had commented on my post too and was like hey like this is awesome. You're always welcome and loved. And I haven't really been involved in the church since like 10th grade. Once I started mm-hmm. to stop doing the pray the gay way thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hey, I don't think I really believe in this. Huh? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a well received post until we got home from Philadelphia and my stepdad had found out about me coming out via family relations on facebook um and he was super mad i don't fully understand why but he was super mad that he had to find out like through the grapevine and i'm like i'm not gonna talk to my stepdad about my sexuality that's yeah we're not that close
0: (laughs) so um so do you think that he was more mad like about you being pan or by you just not
2: telling him i think in his case it was me not telling him because he also then found out from my mom that she had known for a while. So I think he mm. was more hurt by the fact that I didn't feel comfortable telling him. But, like, we didn't have a relationship. Do you <laughs> like, think it was, like,
1: a thing where he felt, like, out of the loop, especially? Because, mm. like, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think it made him feel, like, ostracized. Mm. So I get it. Um, and, like, but I also feel like... also it's, like, it's about you. Exactly. And not exactly. Him, so. I was, like... You know, when I started to unpack that, I was like, I, I understand. And I probably mm-hmm. would have had also a not great reaction if I was in his position like from his perspective. I get it. But I'm also like my guy. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is not about you. Mm-hmm. So um so I came out publicly in 2016. Um that fall. I was coming to Belmont Um, so when I was like freshly like out to the public I got to experience all that big wildlife transition and being scared about going to a Christian university having Mm -hmm. like come out publicly Um, And I like watched the Pulse news coverage immediately afterwards in a hotel in Nashville like Getting ready to like do this big life adventure. So it was a lot of stuff happening in a very Mm -hmm. short span of time um, and then it was that, it was still that fall. Yeah, that fall, my grandpa passed away, and I had been in a relationship with a girl, um, who I wanted to have at the funeral because, you know, all of my straight cousins had their significant others. So I told my mom that she would be coming, and she did not take that well at all. Um, It caused a huge problem. I basically told her to go fuck herself, and I I brought my girlfriend to the viewing. I was like, I will make you a um, compromise. Like I'll bring her to the viewing and not bring her to the funeral. She doesn't have to come to the wake or anything. So she said no, and I was like, well, you're just being a bigot, so I'm gonna do this anyways. So I did. Like the whole shebang or just like, just for the viewing, just for the viewing. Cause I was like, I'm going to work with you on this compromise. This is what I'm willing to give up. If you're willing to give up your comfort, most of my family, I'm friends with on Facebook anyways. So they already knew that I was like out here, bebopping around being queer. So it wasn't anything new. Um, but yeah, so I brought her and it made my Republican family implode. Um, So that no. was really cool. <laughs> I shattered a lot of family relationships that day. It's okay. I've been working on that since like <laughs> two thousand nine. The secret is just bring your girlfriend to a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so.
1: sorry,
0: Brendan. If
2: there's,
1: if there's any, if there's anybody that you specifically want to cut out in your life, just do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. just Come you out know, I have, <laughs> I have a list. I have a list.
2: But yeah, that was a really bad time. It was very unsafe. I was very glad to be in Nashville because I did not feel safe back home in Pennsylvania. Um, And then I kind of bebopped along until I got here. So, I mean, that's, that's my coming out story of like, you know, the unfinished business of being like, I'm still coming out to people every day obviously like coming out as a verb it never stops um and the added layer of like family members who like have reached out to like try to make amends after five years so like the coming out story continues and like it's gotten to a place of like homeostasis so you know like i feel like that's all you really can get when you come out Is, like, you reach a state of homeostasis where it's okay to talk about, and, like, you kind of know how to anticipate how people you're around are going to respond. So that's where I'm at now. Yay! (laughs) We
1: love homeostasis. Yeah. Nashville
2: made me feel very safe, so... That's nice. Yay, so, like, I guess, like, the
0: follow up question to that is, like, so, can you explain, like, the religious background and or like mm. why your yeah. mother and your Republican family like blew <laughs> up
1: at that? Yeah, and also the play yeah. away the gay process. Yeah. so,
2: so fun. Yeah, peel I started, back that onion. <laughs> yeah, I've started to peel the back that onion in therapy finally. So I'm like, wow, okay, I have productive words about this now. Um. But yeah, so my family, my, I'm not really close with my dad's side. So when I refer to my family, it's just more so my mom's side because they like basically like shuffled me around like raising me, babysitting me. like those are the people that I interact with the most. So they're specifically who I'm referring to as like my family. Right. Uh, so they were all raised Baptist um so like are we talking southern baptist no! Oh, <laughs> no 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 like northern baptist so like southern baptist light where like, are you from again an hour north of pittsburgh okay right on so yeah they all are the kind of people who have been in western pennsylvania for years and years and years mm-hmm. my grandpa graduated from the same high school that i graduated from Wow. so yeah the western pennsylvania curse is real you will get sucked <laughs> into it if you don't leave um, I love Pennsylvania. It's great. Pittsburgh is wonderful. But um, yeah. Pittsburgh that's, is nice. Pittsburgh is lit as hell. I love Pittsburgh. It is the shiny, shiny, gleaming gem and the steaming pile of hot cow shit that is the rest of Pennsylvania. I like <laughs> I like Philly. Okay. Philly is cool. Philly is cool. I will give Philly credit where it's due. Um, Hershey is fun. If you've never been to Hershey. I haven't been to Hershey. It's a delightful time. The entire city smells like chocolate. It's a little bit nauseating, but it's also really cool. That's (laughs) cute. Love that. Let's go. Yeah. (laughs) Would recommend. They've got the theme park and everything. Mm. Hershey is cool. Would recommend. But, yeah, so they're Northern Baptists. <laughs> so, I don't even have
1: any, like, context for that. Like, I've only experienced Southern yeah, Baptists. Like, like, I don't really even know, know what, what difference... to make of it.
2: Yeah, I think it's just that they're more quiet about their shame. <gasps>
0: yeah, yeah, because, like, I, I definitely feel like in the South, like, it's the whole, I'm going to pretend to be nice to you, but I'm yeah. going to, like, out you to everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, under my breath. Yeah. yeah. and Which is, you know, so ironic because, uh... <laughs> Gossiping is a sin.
1: It is. Slander, I guess. Slander. You hear, to, to the Christian in the back. What a big word. To, Slander. to the
0: Christian yeah. in the back. You hear that?
1: Say it, say it again.
0: Gossip is sin.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that's the difference. But I am i don't know. Baptists scare me, so I try to avoid Same. Them. Baptists terrify <laughs> me.
0: That and Pentecostals. I'm I sorry.
1: <laughs> I feel like I can handle Baptists at this point. I don't know. throw him, throw them my way. That's fair. But that's it. I don't know. I feel anything like you would just
2: kind of go feral. Yes. Just a little
1: feral. <laughs> a little, just just like, a little. You know, like some will
0: feral. <gasps> oh
2: god. Continue. <laughs> We're just gonna pretend I didn't say it. Yes, please. <laughs> I love it uh yeah so they were all raised like super super conservative super religious um pennsylvania is a swing state exclusively because of pittsburgh and philadelphia Mm -hmm. like everything else is red as hell but it's all spread out because there's so many farms so like it looks like a lot of people and it is but it's enough that like the two major cities could make pennsylvania a swing state so it's very conservative. Um, it's, I feel like it's especially conservative for a state in the North. Mm. Um, like if that makes sense, it does definitely. Yeah. And Western Pennsylvania is so close to like Ohio and Virginia and West Virginia that are all like traditionally very, very conservative that I feel like when you get into more Eastern Pennsylvania, the vibe is different than Western Pennsylvania in regards to religion. Um, But yeah, anyways, um, so they were all raised Baptist, super religious. um, They all deeply care about God. Um, So I was raised in that, but in the Lutheran church, uh, because my mom wanted to, I don't, she told me the story once and was like, yeah, I just wanted to like try something else out. But she like tried one thing out and it was Lutheran. And she was like, cool. That's such a random one. So random. (laughs) Like, not really affiliated with Baptists. Like, not really tied to anything that she would have been tied to. And Mm -hmm. she just kind of, like, threw a dart at a dartboard and was like, Lutheranism it is. is. (laughs) Lutheranism. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I don't really know how she came to that conclusion. But I was raised in the Lutheran church. Um, And did you like actually like attend service mm -hmm. all the time? Yep, we drove an hour every Sunday to go church. That's a commitment. That's a big commitment. Commitment. I hated every moment of it. She would (laughs) like wake me up and like it felt like the middle of the night, but it was probably like six a.m. and. I would like literally slink out of bed into the clothes that she would lay out for me because I was so oh, late God. getting out of bed. Yeah. That like I had to just like throw on whatever was like at my body. Uh, Did she try to like <laughs> put you in like girly dresses and oh, stuff? yes. Oh yeah. Like the Sunday best and like I once I started to do Sunday school I like kind of Bothered her enough out of it that I didn't have to do that anymore. But, like, as a kid, I definitely was like dressed to the nines. Um, And then when I saw like frilly socks and everything, the frilly socks, socks stories about the fucking Sunday dress,
1: the Sunday dress, man. Yeah, I tried to hurt myself in the dresses. It's an interesting story, it really (laughs) is. is, Flinging yourself down the stairs.
0: I used to hate all things. I still kind of hate all things girly. I'm more okay with it now. But, like, back in the day, I was like, nope. Yep. Don't you dare put me in pink. Nothing, <laughs> like, frilly. No lace. no Bose? None of that. No, man. Bows <laughs> were
2: big no. I hated bows. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and so, like, my mom would get these horrible clothes from, like, my aunts who had girls. Yes, we love Mm -hmm. a good hand me
2: down from the late 90s. The worst. (laughs) Like,
0: I mean, talk about trashy. Like, I I looked like the fucking, like, (laughs) I don't know. Like, you know, like the Barbie movies where, like, all
2: the outfits
1: are just so extra? Mm -hmm. Yes. It's like, that's basically like also 90s memories. (sighs) Barbie's were so wild. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so anytime that my mother would try to put me in something like that, I hated it. And so, like, I would try to hurt myself horribly enough so I didn't have to go. Oh, God. Yeah. It wasn't like, let's pick out something else to wear. Like, no, it was like, let's fucking fling myself down the stairs head first. Like, let's go to the kitchen, find some knives, (laughs) and, like, slit open my wrist. Oh, shit.
2: Like, What a wild time. I hated it. You're what, like five? Probably younger than
0: that. I always hated it. Oh my God. (laughs) My mother has stories of like, you just couldn't keep the damn hat on your
1: head. And I was like, because it was ugly, Julia. It was ugly. (laughs) Let me put a hat on your head that's about like 10 times the size of your body. How do you like that? (laughs) Right.
0: Like, she had these awful, like, I look at my baby pictures, and I'm like, why did you think that this was a good idea? You know, like, I had, like, a bowl cut, and it was, like, yes. after the bowl cuts had already reasonably gone oh. out of style. Wow. You know, because bowl cuts were popular in the 80s, and, like, this
2: was I'm nice. I'm just imagining you with a bowl cut right it wasn't now, a good and look. it's awesome. And my mother, <laughs> like, <laughs> it wasn't just, like, uh, like a little, like. You should bring it back.
0: Yes!
1: Quarantine bowl cuts! Let's
2: yeah.
1: do it! Oh my god. DIY!
2: Oh my god. They have
1: YouTube videos on it. I know they for sure. They have I'm
2: sure like millennial or zillennial, whatever the fuck these new kids are. The ones on TikTok. I'm sure they have like tutorials of how to like bowl cut your own hair. Oh, I'm oh sure. yeah. I'm sure they would make it look cool.
1: Yeah. So. They still make it look super like hipster and like yeah. actually cool. like.
2: And we'd be uh, out here looking like we literally were three years old. <laughs> but I remember my mother
0: kept that bowl cut, not for just like the toddler years, but like I had a bowl cut until I was like 12. Yeah, you did. Oh no. I'm traumatized by it. Like <laughs> I have pictures true. of like me in like in the homeschool group, like little place where we used to like meet to mm-hmm. talk about how we homeschool oh, and that's shit. so good. <laughs> and like somebody... just socialization <laughs> for the week. And somebody like took my picture and I'm like wearing this Winnie the Pooh outfit and
1: i'm like like a costume or it's winnie the pooh themed
0: it's like winnie the pooh themed so it's like i had like a red skirt on no, no no it was like a navy skirt with like a red sweater that has winnie the pooh patches on it and that's kind of cute that's really sad <laughs> I, I like okay that was like one of the outfits that i actually liked because i was like i fuck with Pooh bear
2: yeah Pooh bear is a gem He really
0: is like he's so happy and frolicky. Like when he rolls on his belly and like how he's never
1: ashamed of like how chubby he is. Yeah, he wears a crop top. Winnie the Pooh is definitely body positive. Winnie the Pooh is body positive. We We need more of that. Yeah, more (laughs) crop tops. More Mm -hmm. crop tops. Mossers and crop tops, please. <laughs> is Winnie the Pooh a boy? Because boys and crop tops is definitely a I thing don't that's know. happening. No, so I've seen Winnie the Pooh discourse
2: on Facebook. Oh my like, is Winnie the Pooh a boy or a girl? And I guess, like in the books, Winnie the Pooh is a girl. But in all of the really? Disney franchise stuff, Winnie the Pooh is a boy. So what I'm hearing good thing. <laughs> is that Winnie the Pooh is a trans man.
1: Oh, and I love
2: that for him.
1: There you go. Just we like love Bernstein Bear.
2: Oh my God. <laughs> Man, uh, I
0: feel like we're off topic.
1: Uh, <laughs> we bit. Where were we? Just a little bit.
2: So now your mother used to like make an impasse. Impass. Can I, can I pee real quick? The tea really like went through. My- yes. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, cool. Sorry, and friends. now a quick, I got quick a break. Not a quick break. Hooray. We're back. Post pee
1: right on <laughs> we're back post p <laughs> <laughs> all right where were we do we want to um we can fast forward a little bit
2: yeah um, let's yeah maybe so another
1: question i Your got family's Lutheran.
2: Well, yeah okay so i was trying to like think back to what the actual point was yes, and Lutheran. it was the religious guilt and pray the gay way stuff <laughs> so yeah um basically like with my family's background and like my mom being like we have to go to church literally every single week and even though we leave like we live an hour away um basically between all of those factors um I was like very steeped in religion and like internalized enough of it that like whenever I started to be like oh shit I think that I'm queer What do I do with that? I like didn't know what to do with that because it was just like, there was a wall of like the religious aspect that I like, I could like see through it and be like, that's shitty and you shouldn't treat people like that. But the wall was still there for me to like have to like unbrick yeah. <laughs> to take apart, to take apart. Yeah. To I like unbreak, unbreak. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> so I had to unbrick my trauma wall. <laughs> That's a good so, episode name. <laughs> unbrick the trauma wall. <laughs> but yeah, I had to like basically break through that. And like the largest barrier was just like the fact that like I was raised in such a way that I felt like I had to be that expectation mm-hmm. and when I suddenly drastically wasn't it became a, a big issue because I, I was like I don't know how to be anything besides this yeah. so um yeah that was like I don't even like I feel like I was such a different person then which like I was you know it's been almost like 10 years yikes it's wow. wild that's weird <laughs> So I guess, I don't know, like I was just so entrenched in the conservative Christian mindset that like, it's a doozy. It's it's a a doozy. And I feel like a lot of people are at this point that I was at then, at the same point that I was in, in high school of being like, sure. Yeah. I'll care about other people because like, I care about other people, Mm -hmm. but once it starts to actually impact me, then it's like, it's a problem that I don't know how to deal with or want to deal with. Yeah. So yeah. I
1: guess that goes into a question like, and this is kind (laughs) of deep.
2: So yeah,
1: I guess we're going there. Deep But, um, (laughs) similarly, do you feel like being queer has made you feel like you've had to unpack feelings of, like, being wrong. Like, God oh, made me yeah. wrong.
2: Oh, yeah. That was definitely, yeah. like, the big part of it that I was like, I don't understand. Oh, my meds alarm is going off. I turned it off. You need to take them? Oh, off. no, they're at home, okay. and they're just, like, I can take them whenever. Okay. <laughs> they're fine. Okay. Um, yeah, so unpacking the, like, aspect of shame and, like, trying to rationalize like how that was poorly impacting my mental health and like compounding on like the depression and anxiety I've had since I was a kid. Like how all of that became one big soup of being like, God made me wrong because I shouldn't be these things. Absolutely like fed into the pray the gay way thing that I was like, if I just jump right into religion head first Mm. then it'll be fine like it'll make me feel like a normal person it'll make me feel like I'm not attracted to women and various other genders and like it'll be like societal norm Mm. I was like cool that's all that I know I just need to like jump into it and not think about it and be this person and like with lutherans um ninth ish grade is whenever you get um when you get confirmed so mm-hmm. it's basically like you go through catechism like the equivalent of that with catholics um and then when you're confirmed you basically get rebaptized as a, an independent person to be like yeah i'm i know that my parents put me into the baptismal font blah 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 but I am as an adult yeah 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 Yeah. so that was around the same time also so I was like going like absolutely headfirst into that like going to youth groups being like entrenched in the in the camps of people who were also like yeah fuck those gay people like They're going to hell. So I was like, well, shit, I don't want to go to hell.
1: Wait, so were you previously an ally? And then you started realizing these feelings for yourself. And like you felt like you were overcompensating with religion. So you Mm -hmm. went back. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, I don't think that I ever really stopped being an ally because I was still like a more progressive member of like my family and friend groups. Um, But Mm -hmm. like, it became difficult. To rationalize, whenever I was like, okay, I don't want to feel like this. I want to take care of people who feel like this and I want to help them, but I don't want to feel like this. So it was like, I feel like I went backwards for myself. Like, had I not been so entrenched in religion, I feel like I probably would have still had a weird, uncomfortable time coming out, but I think that I gaslit myself into being in the closet for so long. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's a
1: mood. That's a big mood.
0: (laughs) So, like, given that you used to pray the gay away kind of thing, did you ever, like, I guess, think that it was a choice?
2: Oh, yeah. And I don't know if you've experienced this, too, on the Mm bi-spectrum, but, like, I would invalidate myself at literally every single turn. And I've talked to a bunch of other (laughs) like fluidly sexuality identified people who have had the same experience of being like, well, I'm attracted to this person that I, by society's cishet standards, should be attracted to. So does that invalidate all of the other feelings that I have for Mm -hmm. people I like shouldn't be attracted to? and that was a that was a super confusing part of my coming out because i was like i lost my virginity at 13 like virginity is its own concept but like Mm -hmm. i was like fine dealing with sex like with cishet men because Mm -hmm. i was like cool yeah like this is fine i have bodily autonomy with these people that I'm going to school with, like, cool, I get it. And I understand that. And like, I had like unpacked the shame feelings of, um, virginity, like well before I really got worried about like the queer shame. Um, so it wasn't necessarily that I was like ashamed with the extra layer of being ashamed of having sex and wanting to have sex, but I was like ashamed of the standard that I was supposed to be meeting that I was at some points and then at other points mm. not. Yeah. So it was this very confusing aspect of being like, um, if I'm attracted to gym in my fucking calc class, then like I must not be attracted to women. Like this must just be a thing that I am not, actually experiencing and I'm just like making this up and Mm -hmm. you know I was also a big art kid so I would like draw pretty ladies with long hair all the time and be like women are just so much more interesting to draw (laughs) and like women are hot of course, they're more interesting to draw. Objectively.
1: So like. <laughs> it's like the stories that you tell yourself to yes. try to convince yourself
2: that you aren't. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what that yeah, experience was. Yeah. <laughs> like women are just so much more fun to draw. Like, of course they are. Yeah. Pities.
1: I think I'm just
2: I think I'm just like interested in
1: her because I'm jealous of her
2: yes oh my god all the time and that was like the other thing of like trying to figure out where I fit in in the queer world because I had no exposure to anyone besides people who were gay or people who were straight like there was no gray area for me to know about
1: do you feel like for you, you didn't believe that the spectrum didn't exist? Like, you didn't believe that the spectrum existed? because I think what was
2: hard for me was thinking that bisexuality was, like, this rigid 50-50. Okay. And, yes. like, I didn't understand the fluidity around bisexuality. And I obviously had no idea about, like, the entire spectrum, like, mm-hmm. the bisexual spectrum. Um. So, yeah, I was... It was definitely difficult for me to, like, deal with the fact that, like, even though I'm attracted to cishet men, I can also, at the same time, hold this duality of being attracted to not cishet men, Mm -hmm. and I didn't really understand that because I thought it was just, like, a direct down-the-middle split, like, I'm attracted to men today. Tomorrow, Mm -hmm. I will be attracted to women. Oh. Like, I... I felt it was too like rigid in my brain for me mm-hmm. to wrap myself into that. You know, yeah. does that make
1: sense? No, that definitely makes sense. It's funny, the biggest thing that I used to tell people in high school, I was like, I understand gay. Like I understand lesbian. I don't understand bisexual. <laughs> like yeah. and like I was like, that doesn't exist. Yeah. But it was just oh, like yeah. this weird
2: internalized like if it doesn't exist because you don't now. you don't want it to exist. <laughs> exactly. I feel like a lot of internalized biphobia is just that mm-hmm. of being like, I don't exist. Yeah. I don't exist. But and the feeling of not wanting to explore that because you are also attracted to people who you societally are mm-hmm. supposed to be attracted to yeah I think that's where a lot of biphobia stems from is just internalized biphobia of not understanding yeah so yeah that was definitely like a big confusing part compounded with the religious aspect that I was like cool like here's this section of myself that I can fit into all the right boxes. I can put the square peg in the square hole, but then there's this other peg that's just like, I don't know what to do with that. It's just <laughs> over there. It's, it's laying on the ground and I don't know what to do with that oblong shape. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Does, did that answer your oh, question? Yeah. I feel like I have so many words just for no yeah, reason. No.
0: I mean, I've definitely like, I mean, I've even known people that have like, it's not a matter of like, Praying it away. It's more of like, this is how I am. Now mm-hmm. I just can't act on it mm-hmm. because that's the sin. Yeah, it's not side the fact- B
2: Christianity. That's what yeah that is. yeah. Um, side A is like people who are Christian and queer um, and are like very openly able to hold both of these dualities and like have unpacked such things. Um, side B Christians are the people who are like, I'm gay but I'm not going to act on this because I feel that it's wrong which is that's its whole own discussion in itself and then the side ex people are the um side ex christians are the pray the gay away I went to conversion therapy and now I'm not attracted to people that I shouldn't be attracted to so there's like the three different sects of um queer christianity Mm Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I knew the concepts, but I didn't know there was like names for it. Yeah. Yeah. Names. Mm -hmm. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like I feel like people have issue with figuring out if they are side B or side A, and Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like side B is a lot of just like internalized shame that hasn't been unpacked yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like anyone that I've talked to anecdotally about being side B it really comes back to just like a comfort of being ashamed and not Mm. wanting to really like chisel away at that and be like okay what do I do with that shame to be like comfortable in this body with this religion Mm -hmm. so I feel like that's a thing with religion In general, too. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like when you grow up with
1: shame, I mean, not even just with LGBT, you know, if you feel, like, wrong in your body. But, like, just growing up with that shame and then feeling Mm -hmm. comfortable in it. Yeah. To not feel like you have to go away from it, if that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. it
2: totally does. The the shame has been what you've known the whole time. Mm -hmm. So... It's comfortable. It's comfortable. It's uncomfortable to challenge that and be mm-hmm. like, hey, maybe I deserve something different than living with this crippling shame all the time. Gosh, yeah. <sighs> religion.
1: Yeah. It's a
2: journey. It's funny how much religion plays off shame
0: mm-hmm. to get you to follow. Yeah. Because, I mean, when I, when I think about, like, the concept of God, it's basically like, you need to follow me because you are a shameful human. Mm -hmm. A shameful being that just does wrong naturally.
2: I think there's a lot of different religions that buy into that too of like, you know, like even thinking back to the Greco-Roman gods of being like, well, shit, like we must have not like sacrificed enough to Artemis. Like Mm -hmm. she's mad at us. (laughs) Like the shame of just like, not doing right by these deities and that's the rationalization for why bad things are happening it's just like continued
1: and on the flip side i feel like religion in itself is often like a self-fulfilling prophecy so you have the religion and the tenets and like they have the things that say you cannot do such and such because it is bad. And so that is the thing that produces the shame. But the religion itself, especially, I mean, Christianity and I'm sure others, they offer a way out of that shame. Mm-hmm. But within that religious community, you still find yourself in that shame over and over and over again. Like I remember being a kid like in high school and one feeling, you know, these awful feelings of shame of yeah. you know liking women and being on the floor like of my bedroom crying to god being like what is wrong with me mm-hmm. essentially what is what, wrong what, what is me? wrong with me and yeah. why why can't i stop like i keep trying like why 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 yeah and
0: right and then it turns into well i must not be like a diligent believer. Yeah. Or like, I, know, I need not, to, I like, need to try good harder. Good yeah. And the, the harder you try, the like, worse it gets. Right. Because like every time that you do that, you're just like chiseling like away a little piece of your soul and your yeah. dignity and your, your ability to be a human being. Yeah. And, 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 and really like the whole shame thing comes from the fact that people in religion are striving to be perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's not realistic, and so and so like
1: that. Some people aren't necessarily. Oh yeah, no. But like, I
0: think that the whole um, culture of religion, like, you need to be ashamed when you've done something wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not realistic. Mm -hmm. Like, I do something wrong probably like a thousand times a a day. Like, whether or not like it's minor or if it's large. Yeah. And
2: so, I mean, what does that that just like into play with like, especially with like recent modern christianity of being like all sins are equal in the eyes of god yeah because like that's unrealistic too and i think that's what sets up that expectation of like you have done wrong so you are wrong and bad and you have to repent like if you ran somebody over with your car and if you like didn't hold your door open for someone. Like, those are two vastly different things. Very different sins. (laughs) Yeah. Like, those are very, very different things. And it's, like, absolutely befuddling to me when people are like, all the sins are the same. I'm like... Mm. God doesn't give a shit that you didn't hold the bathroom door open for someone when you were walking out drying your hands at the same time. There's, like, bigger things for him to worry about. Yeah. Like, there are people dying, Kim. There are people dying, (laughs) Kim.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I just generally think that just the whole aspect of, like, if you make mistakes and if... (laughs) It's so funny because it's, like, religion already um, talks about, like, the many pitfalls of being a human...
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's
0: like they want to pretend that the part about like making mistakes is just, you know, isn't something so like they want to make it so black and white that it's like making mistakes is inherently wrong. And you should feel ashamed of that because mm-hmm. God is looking mm-hmm. down on you and he's ready to smite.
1: Yeah. It's like that's kind of a sad existence to think yeah. that
0: God is just like watching your every
1: movement like waiting for you to yeah. fuck up. Yeah. And I guess that, that, that does make the Jesus claim very strong because it's like okay you have the one thing and you're good for the rest of your life but it's not that you don't you don't feel that a lot of times when you're practicing it
0: well i don't even think that the promise of jesus is all that
1: redeeming because it's only redeeming if you continue to not (laughs) sin. well i mean i think a lot of people believe it's more if you continue to believe in him and then they think that by nature of believing in him, you're going to want to be like him, and by not being or by being like him, you're going to try to not sin, I suppose. Oh, I don't know. Like, when I was raised,
0: it was like you can believe in God, but I mean, you have to like show it,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, and
0: part of that is by not making
1: those mistakes and if you do like groveling Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely still an undertone though even in the very evangelical like the um slain lamb jesus example it there is still the undertone of this is the right way to be a good christian Mm -hmm. and especially with the evangelism yeah Yeah. right
0: well i mean like for instance my parents think that or, well, I think at one point my mother, I'm not sure if she still does, but my mother thinks that I believe in God and just choose mm, not same. to because it's difficult.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, same. I feel No, seen. I just don't connect to it on, like, an intellectual level. No, I just don't think it's right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what a thought. But yeah. that can't be. Because it is. <laughs> I know because I know because I know.
2: Wow. If you know, you know, you know. Ikky. You know. All right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think that we're about to hit an hour. So I wanted to close yeah, out with like yeah. one last question. So what is your advice to others? Oh, advice.
2: Um I don't know. I feel especially, like, baby gaze. especially baby gays. Especially baby gays. That's a really good question. So like if I knew now what I or if I knew then what I know now, like I would have been significantly less anxious about it. like mm. I have long since come to terms with being agnostic and just kind of being like, "I don't really know what's out there, but like maybe there's something I guess I'll just be a good person. like I feel like I that's think that's noble, yeah. I, I
1: don't know <laughs> okay <laughs> i don't know how to like you're so noble <laughs> <laughs> yeah because
2: <laughs> i'm just like i don't know i feel like a lot of the times religion circles back to a moral code and people like religion because it gives you a moral code To hold you to a standard that makes you, like, not murder people.
0: So... These are good
2: things. Yeah, those are good
0: things. I also think it's hilarious how some people think that, like, atheists and non-believers don't have morals.
2: Exactly. I'm sorry, Karen. What? (laughs) (laughs) We are immoral sinners in this room. Obviously. (laughs) So I just... I think if I had put that together when I was younger, it would have been easier for me to unpack my shame about being queer and my shame about being like queer and religious and like holding all of these things together in a soup. Cause I have a number of friends who are still religious and are queer. And like, I have a couple of friends, my roommate is Catholic and queer and like, it's not an impossible thing to hold if that's what you really believe in mm-hmm. and I just think that it's so much of unpacking the shame that will get you to the point point in being like do I actually believe in this religious group do I mm-hmm. want to like stand by this set of principles that all these other people are following or do you want to just leave that and, like, do your own thing, follow your own set of morals, like, that was the hardest thing in regards to religion for me, um, and I think that, like, sitting with those uncomfortable feelings is the only way that you can, like, work through them, Mm -hmm. so I don't know, I guess, like, a piece of advice is to, like, accept being uncomfortable and figure out, why it is that you're uncomfortable. Cause I, you know, memed around for all of high school being like, I don't know why I feel like this and I am alone. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just really about the shame aspect of it.
0: Well, yeah, because it obviously takes like a lot of courage to be able to accept that you are something that you've been afraid of. Mm -hmm. or that somebody has deemed as being wrong.
1: And everybody else tells you is wrong. And like, there's a lot of things in life that people tell you are wrong. And it's like, that makes sense that Mm -hmm. that is wrong. Like I shouldn't go kill somebody like that's wrong. Yeah. But it's like this weird thing within yourself where it's, you have to have, like, a self sort of rebellion, like, against
0: yeah, your own. Yourself. Well, yeah. also, it's ironic that it's something that's steeped in love and sexuality. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's also, like, one, why is that your business? And mm-hmm. also, like, two, I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Because, I mean, especially given that I feel like adults in general never, like, want to talk about sex or like sexual encounters or passes Mm -hmm. but like with that it's just so clearly cut as being wrong Mm
2: -hmm. yeah and it's very clearly cut of being like this act of being queer and having sex is the only thing that your personality is made up of and it's like, no, like, queer people are nuanced. yeah. Like, any other person. Yeah, yeah. it's like a single part
1: of me. Like, mm-hmm. it's a, about as relevant as the fact that I have blonde hair, yeah. like, personally. Like, but it's a like,
2: personal part of your yeah. identity. Like, I, right. I'd, I feel that of being just like, I don't understand why it's so specifically a problem. Like, exclusively looking at, like, sex itself you know like i lost my train of thought because i had to burp (laughs) but like the the thought of being like (laughs) of being ashamed of queer people exclusively because they're sexual creatures yeah we're all sexual creatures to some extent or lack thereof but that's there's also that shame comes in because you've got to suppress it it doesn't matter if
1: you're hetero or if you're queer or whatever you got to suppress those feelings until you mm-hmm. got that ring there's also yeah. that over sexualization of queer people that happens and yeah i yeah, think that's, that's, that's where a reason... lot of that uncomfortableness comes from because a lot of people don't like to think about it because they're like i'm not queer blah blah blah, blah. and yeah. so like then somebody tells you like, oh yeah, I'm a queer or something, and they're like, what does that look like? And they're like,
0: they're like, I'm having
2: that, sex yeah, like, like every hour, idea. and I'm into like BDSM <laughs> shit.
0: Like I, I whip my wear
2: horn under my <laughs> suit at any point in time. Yeah. God, and it's like, I'm hetero, and it's like,
0: sorry, Brendan. Like <laughs> you know, like everybody wanted to condemn me for having sex, like acting like. I was this uncontrollable beast. And I was like, honey, I didn't have a sex drive for probably like the last 10 years because I wasn't eating anything. Yeah, And now you want to deny me this one <laughs> God-given
1: thing and tell me that it's
0: bullshit? And then they were like, well, we know like, you know you're living together now so we know that you're like boning like every hour every day and i'm like honey we have sex probably like less than you think we are having sex like we probably i'm sorry brendan we probably (laughs) have sex like once every month and it's just like this is where we're at and we're okay with this like it's not like i'm like going out to the cow pasture and i'm like bend over (laughs) like god and it's like you're sexually immoral and i'm like no i'm not i just think about it like every once in a while and when i think about it a little too hard it's like all right brendan let's go (laughs) God, so you know, so I think that it's really, ar- equally ironic that people think that like
2: gay people are just like going around like yeah. let me let me put on my chaps let's go <laughs> I've got my assless chaps in the trunk let's fucking go <laughs> I love that Your voice cracked when you said chaps.
1: <laughs> but i chaps. Chaps? Well, okay. Hey, I chaps. don't know why, but every time I
0: imagine chaps, it's not like in the normal context of It's like always calculus. assless. It's always like some <laughs> assless, like, no clothes underneath the chaps. And it's like, you It's imagine, like a play
1: poster. Like, oh,
0: yeah. Place okay. the
1: local gay bar. <laughs> There's now, a lot if of ass- gay, chaps oh, a
0: going at it like 75 times a day i mean i don't know how you keep it up at that point for fucking real
2: yeah was like oh man
1: i feel like i see that more often with like gay men it's like very much steeped in party culture
2: oh it totally is yeah and i think it's also like we're gonna like go on a complete tangent but i think it's because of the aids crisis we don't Mm. have role models to be like hey yeah i did that when I was your age and then I started to like realize that I had other priorities. Mm -hmm. So now it's kind of like, this has been the standard set for queer people publicly. So like that is, That's the precedent. That's the culture. So people will lean into the stereotypes to figure themselves out. Yeah. And it also is a way to
1: like label yourself to other people without having to say it. Yeah. Like I remember I struggled for a little bit of like, should I dress kind of butch to tell mm-hmm. women, like, hello, I am here. I'm just too awkward to flirt with you. <laughs> <Me>. <laughs> but that's just, like, at the end of the day, that's, like, not who I am. So I'm not going to try to do that. Yeah. But it, it, I feel like being queer comes with its own set of, like, trying to find yourself not only within the general community, but within the queer community as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've, I've
0: always been curious, like, why there has to be labels to an extent because it helps like, you I under-
1: understand things yes. I
0: understand that like it can help you and other people like understand yourself but also like I don't go around like advertising myself as like hi I'm Brenna would you like to like hang out because <laughs> hetero and I think that you might be hetero too <laughs> because like if we were to reverse the situation mm-hmm. like if if being queer was the norm it wouldn't be like it wouldn't be like hi, yeah. I'm this and I,
2: oh. yeah. <laughs> I think. But you're right. It goes it's back. Like, to, it doesn't make sense if you put it. It does. Because, yeah. Like, yeah. because
0: when we're even as a hetero person, like when you're interested in someone, you just like go and say like hey, and like if they're not interested in you, it doesn't have to be this whole like. I'm not sexually, like... To me, it's the same thing. It's like, well, I'm not sexually attracted to women versus, like, I'm not sexually attracted to you.
1: Mm. Yeah. Like, those
0: are, like... It it still conveys the same thing. No have sex. No No have
2: sex. (laughs) No smooch. (laughs) No no, nothing.
0: So, to me, like, that's basically the same thing. Like, I totally understand, Mm. like, if it gives you consolation about understanding where you are, but, like, also... I feel like it's almost professing, um things to other people that maybe
1: aren't their business.
0: And maybe they shouldn't put so
1: much emphasis on knowing. But there is a certain pride that comes with like a label because it's like you you struggle with it for so long, I guess, and then you're like, Oh, the light bulb of like, that's what that is. And this is what it means. And so like, I feel like sometimes if I am able to explain that with a label to somebody who may be questioning it themselves, then like, if I just kind of go about life and I'm like, oh, la-di-da, like I am what I am, which is true. That's how I go about my day-to-day life. Like I'm not going around like, I'm bisexual, bitch. No, of course not. Yeah, But but, like, like, there's like a level. But it helps people who don't know yet for themselves. Right
2: figure it it out it's also back to the community situation Mm -hmm. of being like i can find a community in these people who are similar to me and here's a word that i can use to find those people
0: right and that that makes sense to me because Mm -hmm. like in my brain it's like if i mean i don't want to say most of the world but if like we say like most of the world is hetero like that's there's not really need to say that or Mm -hmm. Because Most of the world is right your community. because that's but like, what
2: the default has been
0: set out. But, like, what does being queer in like 50 to 100 years look like? Is it something that yeah. you have to talk about, or is it something like, oh, it may not? And that's I'm here for that. I have
2: seen more people come out in the past two years than I mm-hmm. have seen in my entire lifetime. Like, I've seen so many people start to come out, and I think it helps that we're living in the information age that mm-hmm. people can just see other people like them at any given point in time just living their lives you can
1: also google these questions Mm -hmm. for yourself yes
2: you can google them so you don't have to like find people who also are like you and like it's safer that you can like research on your own and not Mm -hmm. have to like go out of your way to try and find queer people who might not be queer people and who might hurt you yeah so i think that maybe 50 years from now, like 50 years in the past, we were having the Stonewall riots and like Mm -hmm. police were arresting people if they weren't wearing clothing that matched their gender identity and now you go to fucking american eagle and they've got their like gender neutral section that's like a little bit femme a little bit butch it's just oh, kind of in there i it might be american eagle i'm not entirely sure i only yeah. buy pants there <laughs> so, like, <laughs> but like places like that like the point of it being of like there are places that are now releasing gender neutral lines on a national scale so like 50 years ago that would have been unthinkable you know 50 years ago people would have been scared to do such a thing for fear of being arrested Mm -hmm. i almost
0: i almost want to say though not almost i do want to say like like, i think that it's more dangerous to be closeted gay now than it would have been like a long time ago not just because of like repercussions but just because everything is online and so there's like no such thing as being secret there's no mm. such thing as telling somebody and it being secret. Yeah. And, of course, like, there, there wasn't that then. But also, like, it's not going to be like there's camera. Like, in the 50s, like, when, mm-hmm. you know, so many people were arrested and, like, sent to conversion. Or, or not not even conversion, just straight up jail. Yeah. yeah. And,
2: and, like, abused and attacked in jails yeah. for being uh, queer. Yeah. Which also... the prison industrial complex
0: (laughs) (laughs) right and so I think that it's even more imperative now that we have laws and mindsets that protect queer people because theoretically Mm -hmm. like even though we're more accepting now it's a more dangerous landscape because I mean we look at like other countries that are like like, Iran and Saudi Arabia that have, like, very strict laws, like, imagine mm-hmm. how dangerous that is if you are that way, and then there's the added, like, bonus of social media and video cameras, mm-hmm. and...
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That you have to be... It's not necessarily, like, there's the rumor train anymore, like, you could literally pull up a fucking Facebook picture and be like, look how close they're standing. Or like <laughs> Snapchat. Like heaven mm-hmm. forbid Snapchat, Gosh. which is
0: basically like what that
2: was made for. Yeah. To send like not if a <laughs> Yeah. And you don't know who's on the other end sometimes. Yeah, like, there's no such thing if as you can trust Is
0: that You don't know if yeah, animity. you don't know if
2: somebody's showing their friends or something,
1: mm-hmm. you know, yeah. on the other end. Yeah.
0: And I remember um my best friend, she was talking about her younger cousin. And, you know, she's probably, like, 15. Mm-hmm. And taking, like, pictures of her, like, getting out of the shower. Yeah. Like, even wearing, like, a towel. And I'm like, are you sending that, too? And, like, mm-hmm. being nervous for her because people... Yeah people don't have good faith. Not that they've always had, like, your trust or good faith, but especially, like, with the dangerous ploy of social media, it's even more imperative that we keep
1: each other safe. I feel like every year of school, there was another girl's nudes who got... That got leaked to the entire school. Mm-hmm. And it was just Shame. devastating. And how like, humiliating that must be for them. How awful. Yeah. Because then then you learn from such a young age as a young woman. Like, to be oh, ashamed I can't, of your body. One, I, to be ashamed of your body. And also, you can't trust anybody you can't with trust your anyone. body. And that's already mm-hmm. such
2: a hard thing to unpack as a woman. Mm-hmm. Right. So Yeah. But I agree that it is like... it. I don't know if I would say that it's harder now to be closeted but it's definitely a more public affair to be closeted and then to be outed, Mm -hmm. you know, like anybody and everybody has access to the internet in some way, shape or form and can see that, you know? right? So I think, especially with like me, like, and my coming out post saga of like, incinerating my family ties, like basically, like, through the grapevine for some of them just because like it was on the internet and somebody had seen that I posted about being queer and then it got shared which was like my intent like I wanted it to be shared yeah but if that's not somebody's intent and something is posted and they're outed online and it makes its way around Mm. How traumatizing that is! Oh God, yeah, so traumatizing. I can't even imagine. Mm
0: -hmm. And and that's just like with anything, Mm -hmm. with with secrets, with with lies, like all sorts of shit. I mean, yeah, like it's it's scary that so many people can hold things over your head because they want to hurt you, Mm -hmm. and it's basically like giving you this stamp of approval of like, if I want to hurt you, I can really hurt you, and I can blackmail you for money and Mm -hmm. make you do all sorts of things just you know like there's a Black Mirror episode about this and And, I mean of course like it doesn't have like a great outcome because we find out that the guy's like into child pornography
2: that (laughs) seems right for Black Mirror
0: right (laughs) but also like a horrifying ending (laughs) yeah but also like the things that like this being or person or group makes this guy do to try to cover it up like that's not okay either Mm -hmm. like yeah
1: blackmail
2: is not okay (laughs) blackmail is a sin (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> have you ever, like, felt fearful about starting a job or sharing
2: your sexuality with
1: people at a job? Like, have oh, you ever? Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, right now, I, I work for a, um, a country music radio station here. And country music is low key super fucking liberal. If you're not listening to fucking bro country, oh, bro, bro country. country is just a disease. It's bad. Sorry, bro country is a poison. <laughs> yes. It's like leprosy. <laughs> it is <laughs> for Leave the to ears. Lens
0: <laughs> ear leprosy.
2: <laughs> but yeah, so like low key, like country music is kind of fucking woke. Um, if you find the right stuff, hashtag Cam. Hashtag Cam's awesome. Cam. I love Cam. Cam's a bad bitch. Yes, Cam Can we also talk bitch. about the chicks and Lady A dropping yes. their like attachment to Southern slavery tie like within their names?
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Lady sure.
2: Annabellum just changed the name to Lady A, Hell so they yeah. would no longer be affiliated with like the uh, period. <laughs> I'm so excited about this, <laughs> so that they would no longer be like tied to the Antebellum period. And that is slavery so cool. And, yeah. Super lit. Um, and the Dixie Chicks changed their name to just the Chicks for a similar reason. And like, I love them. I love them so much. They've always been there. They've always been been there. (laughs) I
0: remember when I used to play their, uh,
2: Wide Open Spaces album, like on
0: repeat.
2: That album is straight baggers. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I don't remember where we got, oh, country music. I work for a radio station. So I was, like, super tense and worried, like, going into the station, because I was, like, I am very openly queer. I make it a point to not be, like, closeted about it, and I'll just kind of, like, pepper in stuff, like, oh, yeah, I went on this date with a girl. Like, oh, yeah, like, I'm gonna make sure you keep using the right pronouns for people. Like, Mm. I pepper the stuff in. And I'm not, like, still at the baby gay phase of being like, hi, I'm Michaela, and I'm pansexual. Um, (laughs) But, like, peppering in, like, yeah, I'm Michaela. I use she, her pronouns. You know, even though, like, I feel like people wouldn't use other pronouns for me. But, like, just the act of being like, hey, I'm immersed in queer culture because I'm queer and I'm going to continue to express this cultural part of me mm. so that you will know and understand and like have like somebody to turn to if you have questions. Um, so that's I was cool. like where like that's kind of my I don't know, my modus operandi of being like existing in the world. So I was super scared that I was like not going to be able to stick at this job like permanently or like semi-permanently Um, even though, like, the company has, like, non-discrimination policies, like, out the fucking... Yeah, but that doesn't mean... That usually doesn't... Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't always mean that Mm -hmm. you're protected. You know, you can be fired for being late once. Like... Yeah. Like, it can just be an excuse to be like, cool, we can get rid of the queer, right? <laughs> like, yeah. So, you know, I was very open about it, like, coming in, and I put, like, little rainbow things on my desk, and, like, I've got this little, like, rainbow post-it notepad. Super cute. cute. So, like, little things like that, like, I'll just pepper around, and, like, I was really worried, particularly going into that job, because I didn't know what to anticipate at a country music radio station, And, like, everybody there is super welcoming. Like, I didn't have anything to actually be worried about, but there is that underlying fear of retaliation. Because there's no way for you to specifically know if somebody's retaliating against you because you're doing a bad job or if somebody's retaliating against you because they don't like that you're queer even if there are those policies and guidelines in place and then even if you do feel like you're being discriminated against hr policies and processes are exhausting Mm -hmm. they're so tiring and it's just the act of going through that experience and then also having to like re-traumatize yourself to share this story with hr to make sure that it doesn't happen to other people or to, like, try and get, like, furloughed or something. Yeah, it's demeaning. It's Mm -hmm. demeaning, yeah. So, I, that was the biggest time that I felt worried about um, disclosing that I was queer in a workplace. Um, Because for the most part, the music industry is queer as hell. So, like, working in the music industry, like, I'd bebop around and be like, yeah, I'm going to Pride, lit. But that that was really scary and i know that there's other places around town that if i decided to work there i might not be able to disclose off the bat Mm -hmm. so i don't i don't know working is hard advice is hard it's such a like person a person thing yeah especially like because i'm i have like intersections of privilege that like other people know Don't have necessarily, Mm -hmm. yeah, but it's always difficult to be
0: honest about yourself and your thoughts on certain things, especially if you feel like you're in the minority Mm -hmm. or if you're just a minority based on your skin tone or Mm -hmm. on your heritage or whatever else. Like, it's always going to be hard, and I feel Mm -hmm. like that's part of the um aspect of growing into yourself and growing up, and so I almost see that Mm -hmm. as like. A good encouraging thing because mm-hmm. it's like at some point you just gotta learn to like stop giving a fuck because like and how you can long stand
2: your ground of right who you are and right because
0: like why how long are you gonna te- or how long are you gonna let like julia like sit on your sit on your back and like devil clobber you like for the rest of yeah. your life like
2: that's not living yeah mm-hmm. so. yeah it's also hard too to like try and decide what's worth it to be unsafe in and what isn't you know because like I think that the most radical form of activism that people can do is to be authentically themselves and I think that that comes with a price a lot of the times especially when you're looking at things like housing and working and like things that you still can be discriminated against for who you are whether that's like your skin your sexuality mm-hmm. your gender like your age your age whether you have a disability yeah you know, so
0: many things basically everything
2: yeah if I, you're not a cis het white man sorry brian <laughs> then, like, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with no, that. yeah not but fair. that's just the way that our uh, um words. That's the way that our society is set up, of yeah. like, these are the people who have the most privilege, and mm-hmm. that's just that's just how our society is. It's not like a negative dig, that's just the facts, yeah. you know? Yeah. I feel
1: like being yourself also comes into some sort of contention when you are queer or maybe um, you're not white or, you know, something, because there, there's this idea of being a good whatever you are.
2: Yeah. I guess. The, the like ideal minority.
1: Yeah. Or like, I'm queer, but I'm not going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So that always gets Or I even see that with
2: like disabilities too of for people sure. who like don't have visible disabilities mm-hmm. and then are like invalidated and harassed for. Oh, 100% my mother. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my, mother always, my mother always was <laughs> like,
0: well, we can't see what's wrong with you. hmm Like, but if we did, like, you wouldn't work here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess we're about to wrap things up, so mm-hmm. thank you again. Yes, of course. And mm-hmm. if you have any questions or comments, Concerns.
2: please email us. At, if you want to yell at us. Yes. Yeah. You can <laughs> no. email us at, at don't. send us your angry voicemails or something. <laughs> <laughs> I really want
1: to receive, like, angry emails full of typos. Oh, God. Oh, yes. Because they're just in a rage. rage. God, yes. I'll
2: send you guys angry emails. Please.
0: <laughs> well, anyway, if you want to email us, send us an email. Drop us a text at
1: it at
0: gmail.com. Or
1: topics that you want us to um, yes. cover.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, at some point, we'll get together, like, a personal stories episode. Yeah. And hopefully, it will just be filled with
2: excellent All of your email stories. conversations.
0: Give us something to talk about, something, yeah. new, something fresh. Maybe something good, risque. good things. Ooh. Maybe
1: something risque. Good things that happen to you. Um, send in if your, you um, want to vent? Bible send us your nudes. <laughs> maybe don't, because <laughs> <laughs> then we're gonna get a lot of unsolicited dick pics, That's and true. those are never. And those are never. Never. What a time to be alive! Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, thank yeah. you so much for um, joining us on of Religion course. Made Me Do It. Thank you so much, Michaela. Yeah. You are wonderful. Me on. Please the follow Instagrams Michaela. And She's stuff. awesome. Crybaby huh. uh,
0: audio. T-N. audio. T-N. And yeah. you can follow me at T-N. Brenna Ferris Wheel on Instagram.
1: And Raquel Blackwood. I suppose it's hard to spell. It's fine. <laughs> We're not going to spell it out. It literally looks like Raquel.
2: It Ugh. really does. You got that cue in there. I know. <laughs>
0: it's a good a rib. one. It's a good one. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, we're going to peace out. So thank Yay. you for Bye. listening.
1: Bye. Come join us for the next
0: one. <laughs> <laughs>